Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. As much as we might like to make food from scratch all the time, this isn't always possible and having those store cupboard essentials can be a real lifesaver. Parents can now rejoice as Yo Valley is here to help with their new little Yo pouches helping to take the hassle out of feeding time. Not only does this make life easier for you, it's also done in a sustainable way as these pouches are recyclable. In doing so, helping to reduce the amount of materials that we're both extracting and adding to the earth. Available in two delicious flavors, the red berries and apple and pear, the little yo pouches are sure to keep children satisfied and full. To find out more, head to yovalley.co.uk and find it in your local supermarkets. Hello and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Food for Thought, a podcast that's on a mission to equip you with all the evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, best-selling author of Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well and founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. In each episode, I'll be joined by special guests, all of whom can be considered authoritative voices in health, so that together we can learn fact from fiction and empower the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with trusted expert advice. Like it or not, most of us are aware of how we look, but it's time we understood how serious an impact this can have on our well-being and our mental health. In focusing on the positive things our bodies can do, we can reframe our thoughts and boost our body confidence, but of course it's easier said than done, isn't it? This week's Food for Thought sees journalist and self-love activist Danae Mercer and I break down the barriers around body confidence and explore exactly how we can switch up our insecurities and transform the way we feel about ourselves. Hello, Danae. Hi, thanks so much for having me today. I think um, conversations like we're having today hopefully are going to be very useful for people because I think a lot of people now are turning to online resources and people online and and I guess let's talk about body image. If I were to say something like, or, you know, you look good, you know, in the pandemic or you've clearly been on a diet or something or... I guess something that I get sometimes, I'm sure you hear a lot on social media as well, is something like, oh, you don't look that old, tell me your secret. I mean, <laughs> what would you say about these types of phrases in terms of, I guess, reinforcing the fact that we are so obsessed in body image in society in every shape and form? Well, I mean, I think I think it's complex, right? I think mm. when we look at 
phrases around body image and we look at the pandemic, the thing that really stands out to me is at the start of pandemic, at the start of lockdown, there was this real emergence of memes related to gaining weight. I don't know if you remember them, but there was this whole, like the internet for a couple of weeks was just a wash in these memes that were like me before COVID, me after COVID. And the after was always, you know, a larger body, a larger face, a more disheveled figure. And what, what really struck me about that is we're in the midst of a global pandemic where people are losing their lives. And for some reason, the, the obsession turned to the female body image and how much women around the world weigh. Yeah, I, I think that's incredibly destructive but also it goes to show how far we still have to go in terms of conversations that we need to have in that area and i do remember those memes very well unfortunately um there was also the phrase a very all or nothing approach of you'll either go two ways in the pandemic you'll emerge becoming an athlete or you will emerge being drastically overweight and it's it's almost as if the only coping strategy we have in society is the food and I guess what we eat and how we look, which, yeah, says a lot, doesn't it? That we need a lot more support with our mental health. It does. And it's funny, I was talking to a, a therapist who specializes in, in body image and eating disorder issues the other day. And she said exactly that. She said, you know, the reason so many people around the world started to obsess or joke about or focus on their bodies is because the, that's the coping mechanism we have learned especially Mm -hmm. as women, we've learned if you're stressed, you stop eating or you eat more. You know, if you have this unknown thing to battle, you look at what your body's doing. And so it becomes this really unhelpful, very almost dangerous learned coping technique that in a time of pandemic is, is maybe not what we need. Oh, it's, it's so, so true. And I think the way we feel in ourselves and our body, that just has such an overall profound effect, doesn't it? An impact on our confidence levels. Yeah, and it, it absolutely does. And that's, you know, it's, it's why I'm not against people having their own health goals, having their own like fitness missions. Like I know for me, training, especially when we were in super strict lockdown and we couldn't leave our houses, training gave me something to look forward to and something that was a release. I mm. just I just hope that people go in that direction. When when they do go in that direction, it's from a place of love and not from like, oh, I, you know, punishment or that kind of internal self-hatred. Oh, yeah, completely. And that's something that I think you're very good at demonstrating online as well, is that you know, it has to come from a place of love because the punishment side can definitely lead to something far more serious. And unfortunately, in the Retrition Clinic, we've seen a rise in the cases of eating disorders presenting this year more than ever before. And we knew that a large statistic in the UK of eating disorders are undiagnosed um, and people don't come forward. But I think now more than ever, the numbers have really, really increased. And I wonder what the stats will be about that next year when we get them. But mental health decline leads to low moods, doesn't it? Anxiety. And and then I guess we do focus more with that level of anxiety on how we look. Yeah. And I also think the sheer isolation of COVID and of quarantine is really dangerous for people who do edge towards that like eating disorder side of things. Because Mm. You know, as, as as I'm sure you know, like eating disorders are fueled by isolation. They're fueled by shame. They're fueled by comparison and by uncertainty. And right now we are in this 
really weird melting pot of all these things. Yeah. So it's it's no surprise that mental health issues are are on the rise. No, and you mentioned something that really kind of um, stuck with me a moment ago, and you said that women, and I know that men also experience this, but just as an example, women are very much conditioned to punish their bodies. I think it's something that in media that we're, we're portrayed from such a young age, because as children, I think it's how we're brought up, isn't it? That we kind of get these remarks around the dinner table. I know that one I had, and this is anecdotal, I'm sure everybody's got their own stories, but you know, I'm the, I'm the family Hoover or Piggy if I had two helpings. And of course it was meant in a jovial, you know, kind way, but those words have stuck with me for a very long time. And I think the language we use around the next generation is, is incredibly important, wouldn't you agree? Oh gosh, I think it's it's so important. Like the number of women who message me saying that so many of their issues today come from things that their family said, or you know, even even still, like going to their family's house for the holidays can be really triggering because there are things like that. There are comments, quite brutal comments about their weight or their shape, or even, you know, being women, if they're not married or if they don't have children and all these things can become deeply emotional. And those play out for, for so many women, those play out across how we view our bodies and how we interact with food. Yeah, it's, it's so sad. And I think unless you're switched on to dealing with that mentally, so it building a resilience and a kind of an inner voice that can champion um, the modern way of thinking and um, helping with your confidence is quite tough. But once you've got it there, you start questioning it. I remember I had um, a family member come over recently who kind of looked in our mirror, this is before we, we went into lockdown, and said, oh, I think this mirror makes me bigger than I actually am. And I kind of took a, I didn't really comment on it, obviously I had to stage stum, but it made me think in my head, wow, it really is everywhere. It's subliminal, it's around you all the time. And unless you actually have a voice to question that and say, oh, there it is again, it's diet culture, it's that conditioned thing that we're meant to see. It can be very difficult for people, I think, to tackle that. And then the insecurities and the judgment can really, really increase. Yeah, you're. I think you're spot on. And that's one of the questions I get asked the most often is like, how do you handle other people saying things like that? Mm -hmm. And I, uh, you know, it's so complicated, but for me personally, like if, I don't know, if someone comes up to me and, and starts picking apart my weight, whether it's gone up or gone down or this or that, you know, for me personally, I, I quite quickly like to either change the topic because I'm not confrontational or if I know them pretty well, I'll say, you know, Hey, I'm not really comfortable talking about that, but like, you know, look at this great match that's going on or things mm. like that, where you do step into creating that boundary rather yeah. than engaging with it. A hundred percent. I think people are very, are very quick to comment on that and not realizing it can be so sensitive. And I think if we discuss the digital world in particular, because it really is endless and we just need much more of an understanding that content is real today. I don't know how to, I was watching um, one of your, um, videos the other day I think it was a video or a post and you showed um yeah it was a video how an image could be altered and I was absolutely shocked that the technology we have now that we have access to is the same standard of that as a magazine would have well yeah it's it's the same when it comes to print images same as magazine or when it comes to video same as these big producing production houses have had for years it's technology that 
whether it's in a photo or a video, could slim us, could change our waist, can change our face, can make our eyes bigger, our nose smaller. And when it comes to images, like pictures, it's technology that through artificial intelligence automatically recognizes like, hey, these are your legs, this, these are your arms, this, this is your waist. It just does it automatically and it can change those things individually without you having to go in and fiddle with this or alter that. So it's, the technology is really, really wild and it's getting, it's getting smarter. Gosh, I mean, it really, really scares me if I'm being honest. Um, the fact that the future generations have this to deal with, because I know we obviously didn't grow up um, with access to this type of technology. And there was almost as much as it was impactful having these images around in the media, part of me, I think, always knew it was media. Whereas now it's very, very difficult to tell. You, you even changed the shape of your head, I think, in the example or the example of the image. And I just couldn't believe that you could slim your cheeks in that way. And, and all, all of the access that we have now to these types of apps, how are we ever going to get transparency around this type of thing? What's actually going to happen? Well, I think that's a great question. And I've been asked I've been asked in the past, like, should governments do something? Should mm. technology providers do something? Like, in a dream world, yeah, it, that would be incredible. But I think you're always going to have, you know, governments can't even agree on what to do about climate change. No. And <laughs> technology providers, like, you will always have a new one. Like, you had, you had Instagram say, okay, we're going to limit the number of user-created filters that mimic uh, plastic surgery we're gonna we're gonna limit that as an app and then you know a few months later TikTok swooped in mm -hmm. with their brand new beauty mode that comes with all these features that are essentially mimicking plastic surgery mm -hmm. so to say like governments need to do it or app providers need to do it I think that's optimistic and a bit unrealistic I think more than that like we as individuals need to educate ourselves and certainly educate children yeah yeah i think that's why i love the work that you're currently doing and the the things you're bringing attention to because that's quite shocking that TikTok did that i had no idea actually and i mean i'm not actually on on TikTok, but it, it was so popular i think in the pandemic the minute that um we went into lockdown it felt like everybody was on these platforms and the exposure that these types of apps must be getting is is next level because celebrity culture, I guess, and societal expectations now have been created by looking a certain way that really isn't the case. It's so hard to to know how we can stop people being influenced by this. Yeah, and I mean, it, to go back to TikTok, what, what they've done, what they did is their beauty mode, which once you set it, it's it's always on. It's not like mm -hmm. a like an Instagram filter that you always need to swipe to, it's, it becomes automatic and you can make your eyes bigger, you can make your nose smaller, lips bigger, like put on makeup, put on lashes, you can do all this stuff and it just, it just becomes the default. So that's, that's, I would say that's pretty intense as a, especially when you consider that the app itself is, it's, it's the youngins, it's like teenagers and younger. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. The intense is definitely a way to describe it. Um, I remember when we had the whole size zeros being glamorized and 
different clove sizes being acceptable. I think there were features that used to float around saying, well, this celebrity weighs this much. And actually there was a video posted recently of um, Victoria Beckham on one of the TV chat shows um, being weighed on live TV and then being applauded by the fact that she'd lost her pregnancy weight on live TV. And she was saying, oh no, do I have to? And then she had to jump on the scale on TV we just really haven't gone very far from that have we it seems like we're going backwards again well I think what's really important to always keep in mind is that like fashion the trend towards bodies it's always changing and it's always changing towards some new ideal so if you look back to like you know the the pussycat dolls and Mm. the late 1990s early 2000s it was that super slim figure, low-rise jeans, belly buttons out, super toned tummy, like very, very thin. Now we've swung to this other extreme of like the Instagram model that is hourglass shape and big booty and, you know, <laughs> voluptuous top half. Mm. So I think what what's really critical to remember is these this is a trend, right? Like this, this aesthetic right now, it's going to come, it's going to go in the same way that the others do. And for me personally, I really prefer to focus on like what health looks like and feels like in my own body rather than, you know, that super slim ideal that came and went or this hourglass ideal that's in right now, because they'll go in another 10 years. Exactly. And they look different in different cultures. And that's what I find is really fascinating in that different ethnicities, different religions, different backgrounds. We all have a different type of societal norm is the wrong word, a more of a kind of glamorized norm or an aspiration that perhaps people associate an image with the definition of success or um, I know that when I this is a very long time ago today, but I studied psychology A level very Mm -hmm. very long time ago and I remember (laughs) that I think that the way people looked in society was associated with a level of control or work ethic Mm. or success and thankfully now I think we're moving away from that aren't we we're starting to see the one good thing about being online is that we are seeing different body shapes and sizes and diversity that we may not have been exposed to otherwise well and this that's a really great point like I think for me, people, again, they, there's this like, oh, is, is technology evil? Is technology horrible? Is, is Instagram the destruction of the world? And, I, and I'm like, well, but no, it's, it's a platform, it's a tool, but it's up to us how we use it. And it allows amazing things like what you just said, right? It, mm. it allows this beautiful potential for diversity, for different body types. Like, you know, I follow people who talk about having a, a stoma, which is a, a colon, mm. like the colonoscopy and everything to do with their tummy. And there's this incredible, a few incredible athletes I follow that have disabilities. And through them, like they are incredible, they're inspirational, but they're also helping me see and understand the world in a whole new way. So that's the, that's the joy of technology. It's just it's it's on us really like what do we do with it yeah no it's so true which is why we need more platforms like yours that show these real images because I think um sorry to put you on the spot but obviously you are (laughs) you are the guest on today's podcast but I really like the way that you come in a certain body shape and size yet you show the reality that I think a lot of women 
we'll try to hide because perhaps we're ashamed of our cellulite or our stretch marks because we've been told to believe that these are imperfect. Did it take you at a certain moment in your life to kind of trigger you doing that? Because I know that takes a lot of confidence to get up and, and put yourself out there in the way that you are. Oh, well, thanks. I, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm like the world's most confident person like that. It's, I would say putting myself out there has always been and I think it will always be kind of scary. Mm. But I I started doing it, I don't know, over, gosh, a year and a half ago now, when, like, at the time, I was doing a lot of, like, really traditional fitspo posing and luxury travel pictures. And if I'm honest, like, that has never been me. I'm not that, like, glamorous girl. <laughs> and also, I knew all the work that would go into creating these like oh so casual snaps on the beach where your abs are showing and the angles are great <laughs> and I just started to feel really disconnected because you know yeah I could take this photo and for a moment portray myself as what social media you know what I thought I had to be on social media but in reality I was that girl that was super embarrassed by her thighs and her hips and her cellulite and her stretch marks and would try to shimmy, you know, out of the shorts while sitting on the lounge chair so that no one would see it. Mm. So it just, it just got to that point where I was like, okay, I just, I just need to be who I am. And the very first photo terrified me, which was like, it was like abs and then <laughs> side by side where I showed my butt. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but I think the really incredible thing of that first photo is for the first time ever, I had women saying like, oh, you have that, I have that too. And it it made me feel a lot braver and a lot less ashamed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's like being un, um, unfathomably yourself, just accepting yourself and almost showing the world must give you this incredible feeling. I think um, it's very, very difficult for other women um, to see these filtered images and perfect images. Because like you said, these people, and you said so yourself, you could, you could probably take 200 pictures and then only one of those 200 with the perfect angle could be the picture that's chosen. And there's so many factors that are involved. And I remember in my days in the music industry, um, the lighting would be so important, how it fell on your face with the shadow marks or on your body. It, it, there's so many parts to consider. And... I think being online with, with the TikTok thing you mentioned earlier, with the filters there being automatically set straight away, you've done something to whatever you're about to record or see. It's so challenging for people to know. They wouldn't know that they'd spent hours trying to get one shot. So, so what advice would you give to people to maybe be a bit more open with themselves, maybe even their partners, I guess, to, mm. to show off all angles? Because it is important, isn't it? Yeah, and I I think, you know, I, I'm I'm dating again and gosh, the insecurities around partners, it's immense, mm. right? Like mm. it, whether it's in the bedroom or walking around in clothing, like I think that's or being touched and held, that's when we feel so fragile and so kind of that deep rooted shame just exists because it's like, oh no, they're gonna they're gonna see my quote unquote flaws, they're not gonna like me, they're gonna think I'm awful or horrible. But I think for people trying to be more open with themselves and about themselves, 
one really beautiful, powerful step is to look in the mirror and it's where you, like when you're putting on lotion. So you look in the mirror, you put on lotion, like body lotion, and instead of falling into that critique trap, you think as you put on the lotion, you think about the parts of your body that like what makes it powerful, what makes it strong, what makes, Mm. you know, yeah, I can focus on the cellulite on my hips, but my hips also let me run and they are strong and they are fast, you know, or I can focus on, I've got like knees that have a lot of skin. I could be like, oh, horrible knobby knees. Or I can be like, no, they let me jump and they treat me well. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So that's like just a really like human way of being more open with yourself something that has nothing to do with with social media but just everything to do with us yeah exactly because I think we can be very um very disconnected it's a conversation I've been having a lot recently about how disconnected we can be sometimes to ourselves because I mean it's tough right we live in a modern world where we're always on well we used to always be on the go or you're always working when you're at home in that situation or you're on your phone all the time we're trying to be distracted and we don't ever really sit with ourselves long enough to acknowledge these things so I think I think we have to almost make it like a sounds so cheesy but like a homework task to um maybe do what you just said and when you're putting lotion on or when you wake up in the morning just do that task and give it a go to all our listeners just see if that would be something that would change your perception for the day and quite often I think it's almost like the journey of stepping off the scales where we work on this a lot in clinic where we kind of ease ourselves off it you ease yourself off the negative conversation that you're having with yourself and move on to that positive um positive journey of respect because ultimately I think it is respecting ourselves and there is no perfect. That's what I love about your um, your work, Danae, is that there is no perfect and you're showing that. And I almost wish that content creators, as well as consumers, were all honest with one another and showed a little bit of both from time to time. <laughs> well, gosh, yeah, that would, that would, that would be incredible. Because I know, I don't know if you ever feel this, but 
just from a content creator perspective, it always seems like everyone knows exactly what they're doing and everyone's mm -hmm. perfect and everyone has their game together. And I'm sat here and I'm just like, you know, did I remember to brush my teeth today? Like, <laughs> this is a good day to do that. Yeah. So, kidding, I do brush my teeth every day. But, um, <laughs> but to, to go back to your point about speaking to ourselves and taking, taking a bit of time to ourselves, um, another therapist I was speaking to recently said, and it was really powerful, she said, you know, whenever we start to, like, really struggle with our body, whenever we start to have that battle in our head against ourselves, we need to take that time just alone, whether it's journaling, meditating, going for a walk, where we can tune in to our own voice, because mm. that voice is always there. We just mm. sometimes forget to listen to it. And that disconnect is, is what really fuels this kind of self-hatred. Yeah, it really, really does. And we all have a responsibility, actually, um, content creators and consumers mm. to kind of acknowledge that voice sometimes. And I think for anybody listening, obviously what we're discussing might be easier said than done. And I know firsthand that when I try and share a bit of reality, it's not always taken so kindly. Um, and if you are open and honest, please remember that any form of judgment isn't going to be necessarily because of what you've said. It's probably what someone else is dealing with at that time, which may cause them to respond in not such a supportive or positive way. So you kind of need to surround yourself, I think, with people that definitely pick you up and maybe just unfollow all the accounts that are just <laughs> as well on social media that just don't make you feel good, right? <laughs> oh, 100, 100 percent. You do, you do have to set boundaries because ultimately we all like we all see the world through our own struggles and our own frustrations and challenges. And that like, I think you're spot on. Like if you are bold enough and brave enough to share who you are and share your vulnerabilities, just go into it with that kind of holding that thought as well. And 100% unfollow any accounts that, mm. that make you feel worse about yourself. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even realize that they do make you feel that way because we're always stuck in such a scrolling type of culture that I don't think we ever take a moment to to really think, oh, I don't need to see this right now. This is definitely not going to impact my, my day in a, in a positive way. And if we move on from social media images, let's talk about exercise. You mentioned something earlier that we should be looking at our body with, wow, look what it's capable of doing. Look what it can do. I think exercise, unfortunately, is often seen as just weight loss, isn't it? It's something that isn't seen in the way that you mentioned earlier as picking up your mood when you're in lockdown. What do you think that um, we should do to try and see exercise in a different way? Well, I, I, that's, that's a fabulous question. I, I love exercise. And I think as someone who has gone down the road of an eating disorder in the past, exercise is something that brings me so much joy and keeps me so balanced and helps me appreciate everything my body does. So if, you know, if you're in a good mental space, like I can't, I can't rave about it enough. Um, I would say like, first off, really focus on something that you enjoy doing. So whether that's, you know, maybe you've ran a lot in the past because you thought, oh, I need to burn calories. I need to lose weight. Maybe you prefer yoga. Maybe you prefer HIIT. Like find what speaks to you and then also look at exercise as not as a punishment like don't look at food as something that needs to be burned off but look at the combination of like 
I'm eating to fuel my body. I'm eating because it's fun and it's joyful. And I'm moving my body because it feels good because I can be stronger or faster rather than dropping some number on a scale. Yeah, exactly. I could not agree more with what you just said. I think, um, obviously, if just to caveat and just say that if you you are looking to lose body fat for health reasons, or that's that's totally okay as well. We're not saying that that's not, that's not okay. But um, exercise is so much more than just that, I think is what we're trying to say. Um, It can give you so many benefits. And something I discussed this week on another podcast that I was recording was the fact that we are mammals at the end of the day, and we do need to be moving a lot more than I think we are. And it's very easy to get into that trap, especially when you're feeling quite low of not wanting to move. But just going and getting some fresh air and getting a walk in if you're able to can really pick up your mood. I mean, the difference, I mean, I'm recording this podcast right now today on three hours sleep because of my my little lovely son who I love dearly, but you know, has has his moments. And it's tough. But the minute I got outside, I just everything feels so much better, I think. Um, so rather than focusing on it in that way, that's another aspect. And again, rather than cutting things out, which I talk about all the time from a nutrition perspective, what can we add and alter? Let, let's look at it from a body confidence perspective. What can we do right now to feel more confident in our bodies? I love, I really love the way you've just put that. I think that's spot on. And also we, like, we have so many studies that show the sheer power of being outside mm. on our mental health. So for me, if I ever am having a down day or a funny day, and gosh, those certainly happen. Yeah. Like, I, I just love going for a walk. Going for a walk, I listen to podcasts mm-hmm. <laughs> or Taylor Swift, and it yeah. just makes, <laughs> makes my mood so much better. It really does make such a difference. And I think if you do need a little boost, then if the clothes that you have in your wardrobe don't make you feel good, then you don't need to wear them. You can transform that aspect of yourself. Um, well, what do you think about meditation, Danae? I ask this a lot on the podcast because I know that people look at it in lots of different ways. Well, you know, I, I've gotten into meditation over COVID and over quarantine. I For a long time, I just kind of was like, oh, it's good, but it wasn't really for me. Like, oh, I, I do yoga, that's enough. But during, during quarantine, um, if I'm honest, like I, I grew really quickly on social media and I just, it was such an incredible blessing, but I also found myself feeling way more anxious than I felt mm-hmm. in a very long time. And meditation was the only thing that would kind of calm me down and make me feel even and make me feel balanced. Like exercise wasn't doing it, even massage wasn't doing it. It was just meditation. So I've I've got a nap and it's like 10 minutes and I do it laying in my bed. So I, I often kind of fall in and out of sleep and it's beautiful. And, <laughs> and it just, it really changes the way my day feels. So I'm, I'm a big fan, even if it's not like, you know, I think people like me get intimidated by hour-long meditation where you're sat up and you can't move and it kind of hurts I'm Mm. like no I do it I do it in bed I kind of sleep a little bit and it still changes my day yeah no that's really beautiful actually um that does sound perfect I might try and do that I I just have never tried to meditate in bed before actually and that's probably the 
the perfect spot to um, to give it a go. So we have got lots of questions from our listeners, Danae, and I'm going to try and pick out one um, or two that I think would be most appropriate. Uh, the first would be from Amelia. So Amelia has said, and I think this is really relevant, everyone keeps telling me to be positive, um, but that can be easier said than done when it is you going through something. So do you have any any simple tips of how you manage this? Well, I think let yourself feel your feelings. When we when we try to squish them down, when we try to ignore them, when we try to just be like, no, I'm sunshine, I'm rainbows, those, <laughs> those feelings are still there. And feeling sad, feeling upset, feeling angry, especially, my gosh, right now, these are incredibly mm. relevant and worthy feelings. And I think by just acknowledging them, letting them exist, and kind of honoring the fact that you might feel that way today, maybe tomorrow, but it will go, it will pass, and you're strong, and you will be happy again. That's what really helps me navigate all of that. Oh, that's so true. You ha- we have to, and one thing I'll always take on board from a counseling session I had was that somebody told me that as we're younger, when we're children, we're kind of conditioned that if you feel sad, you have to try and change it instantly. Like it's wrong to feel sad and to feel low and that you have to suddenly try and make it all rainbows, like you said, and happy because it's not a valid emotion. Whereas, yeah, I love what you said, Danae. We, 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 we should be able to accept that that's how we feel in a moment in time, knowing that it's just a phase and it will pass. Well, ex- um, exactly. Like if, you know, it's, it's like a spectrum, right? Like why mm. is being happy okay, but being sad isn't? Like yeah. human emotions span this whole beautiful array. Let's honor all of it. It's so, so true. So true. Well, and there you go, Amelia, some good advice for you there. Um, Danny, and this is great because you're recently dating again, you said, Danny has said, the dating world is tough. How can I get it so people get to know me and stop going off looks? Oh, so <laughs> yeah. hard, isn't it? Because these oh, wow. apps are all looks, right? <laughs> oh, Danny, what a question. The, uh, the, the dating world is very tough. I totally, I totally mm. understand that. Gosh, I've never been asked this before. I think, I think what I would do almost is I like, I personally, I don't, I don't like sharing my Instagram right away. I don't like sharing, you know, I was on Tinder for a while and a friend of mine had this idea. She was like, because this is what she does. You go in with like, a slightly different version of your name so that someone can't just run away and Google you. It's more Mm -hmm. They get a feel of who you are first, you know, because mm. we do have all these apps now. We do have the internet and it's so hard to just get people to look at who we are, look at our words, look at our hearts, look at all of that. So I would, I would say those things. And then also if you can, I mean, it's a bit nuanced right now with COVID, but go do an activity. Like for me, it might be, um, I don't know, spinning or some kind of workout where you get to interact with people in a really open, honest way. That's more about achieving a goal together rather than just like looking pretty at a bar. Yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. And I think, um, like you said before, don't give away your full details. I mean, I can only imagine that the minute you put your surname with with your name the way it might appear online is just a little bit dangerous actually I've it must be a bit daunting um so that was a great question Danny thank you Polly 
and this is back on to the subject that I knew would come up of weight loss today. Polly has said, I've lost two stone and I thought this would make me so much more confident, but nothing's changed. Where have I gone wrong? Oh gosh, that, that breaks my heart. I mean, I think so many of us think if we lose the weight, we're going to feel better about ourselves. If we lose the weight, all the boys will like us. All of our problems will go away. We'll get that promotion. We'll feel great. We'll, you know, it, it'll be like that beautiful transformation scene in a movie where everything is sunshine after. But if we don't deal with what's going on in our heads and in our hearts, losing that weight is not going to change a single thing. Like body image 100% starts with the mental side of stuff. Mm -hmm. So Polly, I would say if you have access to a therapist, you know, have some conversations and really focus on what's going on inside of you. If you don't, you know, just Google some kind of self-reflection questions online and let yourself do some journaling just so, again, you can tap into your inner voice. Yeah, it, it is all about that inner voice. Um, it really is. And it's obviously not everybody does have access to a therapist. So I like I like what you said there. There's actually a lot of free resources online now for everybody. Um, you just need to know where to look. So we'll put some in the notes from this podcast at the end of where you can go to get some guidance there. And then the last question I've got here is from OT. And Oti has said, I'm scared of going to a fitness class in the fear of being judged. How can I get over this and commit myself to going? Well, I think the human nature is we see ourselves as like the hero in our own story. Like there's a there's a viral trend on TikTok at the moment, kind of teasing with the idea of how like when I'm in a grocery store, I think everyone's looking at me. And when mm. I like walk into my hometown I think everyone remembers me it's you know it's this it's it's a play it's an exaggeration but as humans like we are so aware of our own narrative and it's easy for that to become warped when it comes to things like the gym like I I struggled with this for a long time especially when it comes to the weight section of the gym like I would I would think oh everyone's staring at me and they're just like oh that girl doesn't doesn't know how to lift a barbell or oh that girl doesn't know how to do a push up but in reality everyone's dealing with that themselves like everyone is in their own head having their own battle striving for their own goal so I would just I would just hold on to that thought of like remember what you're feeling and your struggles odds are the girl next to you the guy behind you they're feeling similar things and similarly in their own way, probably pretty self-conscious. And I'd also say go with a friend. That always just helps me make it more of a fun and less intimidating activity. Yeah, no, brilliant, brilliant advice there, Danae. Thank you. Um, We're going to move on now to our fact or fiction round, which I've got to admit was a bit tough to write for this type of episode. So I really hope that you're going to have fun doing this. Are you ready? <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, okay. Let's go. Here we go. Okay, question one. Body confidence means loving your body all the time. Uh, no, I would say body confidence means knowing your body is worthy no matter what emotions you're feeling. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yes, 100% yes. Dieting is a way of life. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Good. You should love everything about your body. No, but you should know that your body loves you and is worthy of respect. 
Oh, lovely. If you are overweight, you are unhealthy. Gosh, no, that's, that's, that's stupid, outdated thinking. No. Yes. Love it. Instagram isn't reality. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah. <laughs> Compliments on your appearance can make body image perceptions worse. Sometimes. Yeah. It's very delicate. Yeah. With age comes more body confidence. I would say yes. I'm 30 and I feel more confident than before. 33. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, losing weight will make you happier. No, not necessarily. But that was a brilliant fact or fiction round. So on it. This is great. I want. I want more of these. I feel like I'm in a like a pub quiz, and I want to win a yeah. prize. You want to roll? I know. Sorry. The only prize here is that you get to share your your valuable words with all our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but um, oh, I'm so sad because that does nearly wrap up the episode and. I think uh, we always finish with a food for thought and I'm going to start today by saying that so much of what we've discussed is really about perceptions and tackling that inner voice. Um, and I think the body confidence movement in the UK has really come on leaps and bounds. I'm going to try and stay positive for this because I could really go off on a tangent on negativity here. But I do think people like Danae, the reason that I'm so unbelievably lucky to have her on this podcast is because without people like Danae in the world right now, people showing these real images that are untouched, I think we'd be in a real tricky place right now, especially with the development of what we discussed with these edited apps. But there is a lot that does need to change. And what we can all do, every single person listening to this episode, is that we can start to question that inner critic and we can start to really look at things and say, hang on a minute, this is social media, it's not reality, and I really want to hang have a bit of time for myself, really, to think about myself. So we should be more compassionate to others and Danae, what would your take home message be for our listeners? I know that it's such a huge subject, but if there's anything that you could share, that would be amazing. Oh gosh, that was such a, a beautiful roundup. It's a tough, <laughs> a tough one to follow. <laughs> but I, I think I would just say like, know in whatever kind of flaws you think you have or these things that you think make you horrible or shameful or unlovable, first off, know they're perfectly normal you aren't alone and that you're actually incredible and worthy and worthy every day of love oh i love that it's so true danae where can our listeners go to find out more about you well i've got a little instagram just to name Mercer, and then just a little one <laughs> and then a, a youtube channel which is talking out loud amazing danae thank you so much for giving up your time to come on food for thought no thank you for having me if you enjoyed this episode, you'll absolutely love what's coming next week. So make sure that you click subscribe to be the first to hear it. If you have time to, we'd really appreciate it if you want to leave a review so that we can reach those higher highs in the charts and hopefully help more people. That is our mission here with this podcast. For more information about my Retrition Clinic, the books, healthy recipes, and so much more, please visit Retrition.com and follow me at Retrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 